tonight we will honor the Queen of Soul, Aretha Franklin. She passed away today at the age of 76. My guest, Letty Love, and I will reflect on her illustrious life and career in song and conversation. Let's start the, uh, the evening off with her rendition of Dr. Feelgood live from Fillmore West in 1973. Does anybody feel like in the blues? Sit and I chit 
and I chat. That is my favorite part of that song. Um, it just hit me that the queen of soul is gone. It just hit me. Wow. That was Aretha Franklin live from Fillmore West in 1973. She recorded that along with the full band, uh, backup singers, and beautiful, beautiful rendition, uh, live performance of that song. Absolutely beautiful. What were you feeling when you heard that? I think about four different genres. Uh, from gospel to blues to some vocal jazz to a little R&B. She was right in the middle of her transition, you know. She had already did uh, the gospel, but she was right in the middle. 73? Yes. Gosh. Yes, yes, yes. I, I got chills. Yes. And, and I, too, you know, she's gone. I mean, that's another icon that, that is gone. You cannot replace her. No. Oh, Aretha Franklin was actually the first woman inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Right. So she was truly the queen. Yes. That induction was in 1987. That's right. Wow. Yes, what, an, what an honor. I mean, to be... There were a lot of musicians, a lot of women singers, a lot of predecessors, but for her to get that particular honor... That's beyond. Yes. That's just one of her milestones, just one. You think of Janis Joplin, Carole King, um, Nancy Wilson. I'm just thinking of Dionne Warwick. The, uh, you had the Carpenters. I mean, Karen The Car Supremes. Diana Ross. But she was the first. Um, I must say, uh, I, when I planned this show... It was in hopes that she would still be here today. Mm -hmm. And I think of the, she has a song with uh, Mary J. Blige or Lauren Hill. I think it's Lauren Hill. It's mm -hmm. called A Rose is Still a Rose. Yes. And I can think of, um, you give people their roses while they're still here. Yes. And I thought of that song and I thought of her and I was hoping that we could give her her roses while she was still here. But I'm sure the Queen of Soul knew that she had a worldwide of, of fans who loved and adored her. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. Yes. You know, and, and reflecting and thinking about her music and, you know, just reading when they said she fell into ill health the last several days. You think about everyone visiting, visiting family and all the friends, the Jesse Jacksons, the Stevie Wonders, and I can't even imagine uh, what they may be feeling because to have been touched by such an iconic woman. Yes. Is. Yes. Um, this morning I woke up to the news of her passing. Yeah. Um, I turned on CNN. And at the very moment I turned it on, uh, Don Lemon was on the phone with the morning host. Okay. Um, unconsolable. He was in tears and he could barely get out of his words. Um, they did have a personal uh, relationship, so he felt it definitely. Mm -hmm. um, that was the first thing this morning. I next turned to 
KJLH. That's oh, a radio station in Los Angeles. Kindness, joy, love, and happiness. Absolutely. <laughs> that station is owned by Stevie Wonder. Yes. And the announcer said, we're playing Aretha Franklin all day today. Um, and they said, we're the only station on the planet who can do that. So for... In the radio world, yes. you're only allowed to play a certain number of songs by an artist or um, from an album um, in order in a two-hour time block. Okay. And that has to do with streaming laws and different things. Right. And that's frequently, um, that rule is a little fudged a little at times like this right. when, when uh, performers pass away. It's... A normal uh, thing for for radio announcers to play their music. Oh yeah, uh, but KJLH all day today. Oh yeah, Aretha Franklin because she deserves that. Oh definitely, I'm glad. Uh, I guess that's the tie with her and Stevie Wonder. Absolutely, is, it, it speaks volumes. Absolutely, and the fact that he can do that. <laughs> yes, uh, two great musicians, yeah. and um, God. Bless his soul. Oh, because definitely. If Stevie, oh, I'm not even going to think about that. I got so I'm chills not when you it. said that yeah. because I grew up with the Stevies and Aretha's and being a child and seeing how her career blossomed from gospel and transition and listening to her father and we'll get into that. But oh my gosh, you yes. know, chills. So tell me, tell me um, a couple of songs that make the greatest impact in your life from Aretha. I don't want to say the respect, but as um, I was about seven years old and I was in the midst of the Martin Luther King March and she was on tour with him. Mm -hmm. And I remember respect. That song gained so much not notoriety, not just during that point in time for women, mm -hmm. for the women's activism rights that they were going for later on, several years later. It just spoke volumes that and think yes the words think about what you're trying to do to me and if you take those lyrics you can probably apply that to almost anything yes and absolutely. respect that covers it all yes absolutely i um listened to um fresh air this afternoon and she was talking about uh respect and making that song her own and the the key Mm -hmm. was the sack to me, sack to me, sack to me, sack to me, sack to me. I'm like, I can't do it like her. <laughs> but that, yeah, that was uh, a rally cry for women. Oh, yeah. Yes. Because a lot yes. of people had to translate that. It was funny. I was... Uh, I guess interpreting and going through sock it to me essentially meant when you were like a little kid that sock it, I'm gonna sock it to you, you know. But it's like give it to me, give it to me. But yeah. it's the repetitive and the way she did it. It just gave a drive for whatever wherever that song has been played. There is a uh, I want to say a snippet that's always in there. Mm. They always use that snippet oh, because <laughs> that means so much, yes. so much. So Aretha was born in Memphis, Tennessee, uh, yes. although she was raised in Detroit, Michigan. Yes. Uh, Father C.L. Franklin, yes. the Reverend C.L. Franklin. The Reverend C.L. Franklin. And for that time, he had a huge following as a, um, 
a minister. Mm -hmm. He had a radio show. His uh, sermons were aired on the radio. He was the first, you know. I did not know that. He was one of the first to be nationally broadcast. Reverend C.J. Anderson was on West Coast. Okay. But he was the first, and making the gospel uh, sermon albums... We used to sit as kids and listen to Reverend C.L. Franklin and listen to Aretha. Oh, yeah. And, and there was a guy by the name of James Cleveland. He had the same type oh, of impact. Oh, and yes, he did. As a matter of fact, Aretha Franklin's uh, Amazing Grace album, I think it was Reverend James Cleveland who graced that album on the piano. That's right. Yes, yes. Because yes. she played, but, you know, she was self-taught. But she was also exposed to the Clara Ward singers as well as the soul so she had those influences as well as the Sam Cooks, the Jackie Wilsons. They were over her house. Uh, yes. <laughs> it, I, it, in the um, interview today on Fresh Air, it mentions that, first of all, she rarely gave interviews. And this was an interview from 1999. And she spoke of... Um, her older sister, Irma Franklin, mm-hmm. and Smokey Robinson's cousin, Sylvia, yes. being at her house when she was a small child, and they were listening to an aria. And how Sylvia, when she heard this, because it was so beautiful, um, she wept. <laughs> and little Aretha was only seven years old. And although she was exposed to classical music and operas and the like, um, she didn't have a great understanding of why um, Sylvia was so emotional while listening to it. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until she was in her teenage years that she understood the the significance of that song and the impact um, that what they were listening to. Oh, yeah. So she she's had exposure, you know, her entire life to different types of music. And that comes out in in her great catalog of music that we can hold near and dear. Uh, for eternity. Definitely. I don't know if you know this since you brought that up. She had to stand in. I can't remember. I wrote it down, uh-huh. but she had to stand in for Luciano Pavarotti. Yes. Unrehearsed. He became ill and could not do the song. She stood in for him and did a superfluous job. I remember that. <laughs> it was the Grammys. I can't remember the year, but uh, she went on to record that because it was... People were just in awe and shocked that unrehearsed, she just, oh, you know, I'm baking chicken right now. Let me just roll in for the Grammys and fill in for Luciano Pavarotti. Remarkable. Remarkable. Who who do you know is capable of doing something such as that? Well, let's see. A woman who, or a singer, I should say, who can cross blues, vocal jazz, R&B, the standards, gospel, and doo-wop. She covered all of those. If you listen, you can go way back to uh, I Say a Little Prayer, come on up to some of the newer stuff, and you'll just hear it all. Absolutely. Let's let's listen to one of those songs right now. Let's listen to Think, a song that we uh, spoke of a moment ago. So let's hear a clip of that. All right.
Oh, my gosh. That brings it back. So many memories, Lorna. Oh, my gosh. I was seven years old, and my oldest brother was 18, and he would go in the house while we were in the backyard doing chores, and he'd put on the 45, and I would say, gosh, where is he? And I'd go check on him, and we'd be in the house dancing to that very song. <laughs> that is just... It, you know, it's so funny how certain songs will conjure up memories <laughs> like that. I, I, It was Sly Stone in my house growing up with my 18-year-old sister, <laughs> and it's a family affair, oh, gosh, um, yes. and if you want me to stay when I was growing up. So um, I think my, my sisters, my older sisters and brothers had... Um, moved out of their Aretha um, era. Mm -hmm. So I had to, to find her for myself a little later on, oh, um, yeah. but I've appreciated everything. Oh, wow. So there is another song that, mm. that you selected. Oh, yeah. And tell me why you selected Chain of Fools uh, as one of the songs that you wanted to talk it, about tonight. It Honestly, it came out at the same time, 68, I believe. And it was, uh, I don't want to say so much same album because everything back then was like a 45 and that long 33. Oh, <laughs> but he would play Think and then he would play Chain of Fools. And just the music, being a young musician, hearing that, it just, maybe I didn't understand the words, but I just used to love that music. So there are certain songs where you hear like the first few chords and immediately you know what it is and you're ready to jump up and act. Oh yeah. And and it in this song this is, is one. one of those songs. Let's see who can stay seated <laughs> as this song plays Chain of Fools by Aretha Franklin. Chain chain chain.
If you're just tuning in, this is Thursday Night Talk, The Race Beat. We are honoring the Queen of Soul, Aretha Franklin, in song and conversation with Letty Love joining me tonight. Good evening. So, Chain of Fools, we 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 sang along to that, the woo, woo, woo. <laughs> so you talked about... Uh, off mic, you talked about the doo-wop sound and the harmony of the backup singers oh, and gosh. that twangy guitar. Not guitar, but guitar. The guitar. <laughs> That's that guitar sound. Yeah. Yes. And it's a simple sound. Uh, I think I only heard, what, f- four maybe instruments? Maybe three. You know, and it was simple. It, it was just extremely simple. Yes. Absolutely, absolutely. And that was one of my favorites, too. Oh, you know, there, like I said, there are certain songs where you hear the intro and you know what to do next. It oh, yeah. activates you into getting up and moving, and that was one of them. I'll say that was that old-school rock and roll. That That's that sound. Um, I'll just say, like, on keyboards, there's a rock and roll honky-tonk sound. That was the that was the original sound right there. Like that Jerry Lee Lewis, the yes, um, yes. Um, Chuck Berry, that rock and roll. Kick your kick your um, your bench to the side and stand up and, and pound stand on those. Up and, pound. <laughs> <laughs> and she has done that. There there is a clip um, that you can find on YouTube. Okay, it is Aretha Franklin on Soul Train. And she had performed earlier in the program. Okay. And then this particular clip, she is sitting down. There's a grand piano in the middle of the dance floor where people are normally dancing. And she and Don Cornelius, the host of the show, are sitting side by side on on the piano bench. And it's Christmas time. So it starts off with a... um, Dean Martin dreaming of a white Christmas and then he starts singing uh, he introduces Aretha and he starts talking about his favorite song Mary Don't You Weep and she sings that now so many people don't know this but uh, shows like American Bandstand and um, Soul Train the performers generally lip synced so it was rare that you got a performer who was performing live. Okay. And this was not Memorex. This was her on the grand piano singing Mary Don't You Weep. And uh, the dancers who were around oh, yeah. were in just total awe and respect of uh, greatness that was before them. Oh, I could imagine. Yeah. Gosh. We are going to play uh, Mary Don't You Weep a little later in the show. All right. But... uh there's a great song um, that has been used in commercials and ads, and uh, it's a female empowerment song. You know what song I'm talking about? Yes, I <laughs> recently heard it. They use the clip about uh, probably once a week in our day and age now. Oh, okay. And I'm sure she had no idea back in 74 that this was going to be uh, part of a woman's standard Yes. Uh, in many ways. <laughs> and that is, you make me feel, feel like a natural, natural woman. Woman. Mm. woman. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
And when I think of that song, I also think of uh, the song that we're going to play after that. And that was a song that she wrote expressing her love for Dennis Edwards of The Temptations. Okay. She was madly in love with that man, and he was unavailable. Um, they did have a great connection, but he wrote. she wrote the song Call Me. Wow. So... Uh, I don't know if it's the chords that are similar mm -hmm. when she plays this piano or the, the emotions behind it. I don't know, but they remind me of each other. But let's start with You Make Me Feel Like a Natural Woman. Hmm. Mm. Now, you know, think Chain of Fools in that song, and I made a mistake a moment ago, but those are all from 68. Mm. And you know she was married 61 through 69 to Ted White. So I'm guessing hmm. relative, you know, in her writings, you know, I, I don't know. M might be a, a snapshot into their relationship, perhaps, uh, with the, the writing. I, I think so. I, I definitely think so. But it's also a time where she blossomed and, and kind of hit the scene as well. So. Yes, yes, yes. Man, uh, that song, um, 
beautiful, beautiful song. And again, starting off with just raw piano. Raw piano, and you know it was her. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) You can tell. We have a caller, Jane. Jane, what is your question or your comment? Hi, Lorna. Hi, Letty. Hi. It's Jane. And, oh, I'm so glad you're doing this. You just don't even know. I just wanted to call and tell a real quick story. So, you know, I'm really sorry that I never got to hear Aretha in a full show, a full performance of her own. But in 1985, I went down to San Francisco. I was a young girl, and I went to see the Eurythmics. Ah. Now, keep in mind, this is the album that had Sisters Are Doing It For Themselves on it. Yes. Okay. Yeah, and so, you know, Annie Lennox, she busts into the song, and I'm going crazy because, you know, it's a feminist anthem if ever there was one. Absolutely. (laughs) And and, um, so I'm going crazy, and I'm loving the song, and all of a sudden, out walks Aretha. (laughs) And I almost died. I just thought, oh, my God, and everybody just screamed, Aretha! You know, (laughs) it was just... So amazing. And then out walks Stevie Wonder. Whoa. With his harmonica. All right. And, and, you know, he had played played on the uh, Angel song. Uh, I uh, gotta be an angel. I forget the name of it. But um, anyway, it was just, it just blew my mind. And I will say that I have seen hundreds and hundreds of concerts in my life. And there is no other moment in my life that was more important oh, gosh, than seeing Aretha walk on that stage. That is awesome, Jane. It yes. was. It, it will always forever be ingrained in my mind, <sighs> and as will Aretha, because she's ingrained in all of our minds. I mean, you know, I was just talking to my husband about it, and it's like, even no matter who you are, no matter how old you are, Everyone knows Aretha songs. Everyone does. You're Everyone. right. Everyone. That's like, right. Like, she just, she transcended everything. Oh, yeah. You know, she transcended, you know, the genders, the races, everything. She brought everyone together. Yes, she did. And she made you feel. You know, she made you feel and she made you think. <laughs> and yes, she made song. you dance. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, for my whole life, as long as I can remember, I have always had in the back of my mind, you know, God, the day that Aretha goes is going to be the most heartbreaking day of all. Like, it's going to hit everyone across the whole world. There is nobody, nobody like Aretha. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, she wasn't just an amazing vocalist. She was also an amazing instrumentalist. Her piano playing, you know, she played by ear. I agree. Yes, yes. She yes. played. She did not read the music, and that woman would like hit those keys in these huge chords, rolling up the keys like Nina Simone, who I know was, you know, an idol of hers. Yes, as yes, well. Yes. And she wouldn't even look at the keys. Yes. 
Yes. I could never do that, you know. <laughs> it's and Letty, I know you play piano, and I've never heard you, but I have a feeling you're really good. <laughs> oh, yes, she is. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, Aretha is very inspiring because she played by ear. I played by ear and uh, did my training, and so a wonderful inspiration. Yeah, absolutely. So I just couldn't help myself. I just had to call in. Uh, it's like. I've been listening to her all day long yes. in my store. It's, you know, Bang Bang. So, Letty, I only say that because you and I met at Bang Bang at my store. I gave you the little Prince magnet. Yes. But, but yes. anyway. Oh, my gosh, um, yes. Oh, I just gee. wanted to make sure you knew who yes. I was. But, but anyway. Jane, I'll have you. to come and visit you. Thank you for calling in. Yes. Thank you so much, women. You are wonderful, and I'm I'm so grateful that you're doing this. Thank you, Jane. Thank you you for calling. So I want to play the intro of one of my favorite, favorite Aretha songs. Wow, okay. He's the kind of guy that'll say, hey, baby, let's just get away. I'm going to let her do it because she does a better job of it. Oh, gosh, what a rendition, yes. somebody that's the real songs so that song Mm. and call me were two songs that were written for dennis edwards she loved that man they did date a short time but she determined you know what your friendship is worth more than a love relationship so Nothing uh, blossomed from that other That's than the short. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Did you hear that? The instrumentation. It, she went from a Fender Rhodes piano to adding choir harmonies to just. She did a bit of classical. Did you hear it? That's yes. Gosh. So I am not a musician. You are. I don't know how to verbalize what I heard, but I know it was something special. Um, in the very beginning of the piano, that was the classical portion, and then you had the that that dreamy heavenly sound. dreamy sound. Yes, that was a Fender Rhodes piano. Oh, I would I would almost bank everything on it. Just being a musician on my life, uh, being that that was way back in the wind. That was that crisp Fender Rhodes sound. Mm. And when you played Fender Rhodes, anyone who's a keyboardist, there's nothing like a Fender Rhodes sound. There's a lot of wonderful instruments out there now, but a Fender Rhodes is a Fender Rhodes. Second to that is um, I'm guessing a Hammond B3. Oh, a Hammond B3. Yes, yes. ma'am. 
And she's had a couple of uh, Hammond B3 organ tunes um, laying down under some of her gospel tunes that we'll hear towards the, well, we're nearing the end of the show. This could be a two-hour-long show, but we can't do that. Um, Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful song. So we're going to hear the other song that he, uh, she wrote for Aretha, and that is Call Me the Moment You Get There. And another intro that I just simply love. Yes, she loved that man. Gosh. So tell me about the instrumentation in that song. Simple piano. It sounded, um, you know, you heard strings. Yes. And strings. In in the soul song. In the soul song. You know, it, it kind of sounded like a synthesizer, which could have been, but I'm pretty sure she just used the simple string a person sitting there playing. I mean, it was beautiful to hear that run. Yes. You could probably uh, mimic it on on a keyboard synthesizer, but yes, simple, real simple. She, Her vocals, unlike as music has grown, she was the instrument. Absolutely. That's well stated. Well stated. <laughs> um, we all know that your voice is an instrument, but she played her instrument unlike anyone else. Um, to be able to sing and play piano, I'm sitting here with chills. I'm, gosh, I can just almost imagine. Yes, yes. Because you can sing and you can play what you're, th- oh. Yes, yeah. I, I, I'm not talented enough to do two things. That's why I've never been good at video games. <laughs> so my hand-eye coordination to sing and play, I can, yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing as a musician, and my respect and honor for her just goes beyond. Because yes. she did this from the time she was 12 years old, singing gospel with her dad, and mm-hmm. started that career, uh, started having children early, to changing several record companies to develop into the person that she started being in the 60s with Atlantic and Arista and then going on. Right, to Columbia, I believe. To Columbia, yes. yes. And, and her, her sound began to change when she went to Columbia. Um, before that, you know, the early gospel sound, yes. it was raw, just a raw Just soulful. raw, and she could use it in her songs, but Columbia saw a different vision. They didn't want that. Yes. And, uh, 
Yes. They, they, they were the different sound. So we're going to explore that gospel sound now. And one of her famous, famous mm-hmm. tunes is Mary, Don't You Weep. Oh, Mary, Don't You Weep. Tell Martha Not to Moan. Mm-hmm. And there is a recent uh, recording that was released of Prince covering that song. Really? Uh, uh, yes. I- I'll let you hear it at the end of the show. I will need yes. to hear that. <sighs> yes, he, he does a beautiful cover of that song. And I believe it's included in... Um, the latest Spike Lee movie, uh, the Black uh, Black Klansman. Yes. I believe that song is included in that. But the originator is none other than Miss Aretha Franklin mm. telling mm. Martha, don't you moan. So let's take a listen to Mary, Don't You Weep. here and start having church i'm going to tell you something i taught that song to choirs i used to listen to her and i played by ear as a child as well and those chords if you brought a keyboard in right now i could pick that song and play it for you right now you know i almost i almost ordered the (laughs) keyboard and i i said we're gonna let aretha do it let aretha do it we're gonna let aretha do it that's the song oh my god absolutely absolutely um her gospel roots uh, between gospel, blues, jazz, all infused together. And her her inter uh, or, or battle between the gospel and the secular world and having to uh, convince her father that that was the path that um, she wanted to take. I'm sure... I'm sure there were some difficult conversations that went Uh, on in the Franklin household. Absolutely, because, let's see, he managed her. 
in the early years. And then I believe at 16, she kind of broke away, I believe, maybe just a little younger. But, you know, things start happening. And one thing for, I'll say, a lot of the gospel folks, uh, they didn't like the fact that she was a gospel singer and she changed and started singing R&B and all mm-hmm. that stuff. And so, you know, she started off with gospel, then switched over and did what, 71 Bridge Over Troubled Waters. Mm-hmm. That was kind of in the middle. And then she hit the Amazing Grace album in 72. And then 73, you had, you know, uh, the Dr. Feel Good. And 74, you had uh, Until You Come Back to Me. And, you know, and then all these... <laughs> Oh, gosh, I could just go on and on. But then you had that 68 spree of all those songs. And, the, you know, Lorna, I just, I look at it. Um, I respect her because she didn't lose those roots until she went to Columbia. She mm. held on. And I know it was hard in that household. Yes. Because your father was one of the well-renowned, well-renowned ministers. Right, right. You know, in the country. So that was a battle. But she, you, you can hear it you know, in the simplicity of her plane. Yes. So you think of Columbia Records. I'm guessing they wanted her to take a more pop path and cross over a little bit. Yes. You know, we got the Freeway of Love. Uh, uh, Who did she sing that duet with? We're going riding on the freeway Mm. of love. Oh, I remember that. I can't even remember. Maybe that wasn't a duet, but I mean, we but had... She, that was one of them. Uh, the, until you come back to me, that's all I'm going to do. You yes, know, it started yes. getting a little more stylish, I want right, to say. Right. Conforming to the, the newer pop. Right. Now, you mentioned the Amazing Grace Gospel album, and there is a, um, a medley of... Um, You've got a friend. Yes. The the Donny Hathaway. You've got a friend. Yes. Um, actually, Carol King. Excuse me. Um, and Donny made it his own. Yes, he did. But Aretha make it, made it hers. Oh yeah. And she also has a little medley of a song. Whenever I hear it, I think of my grandmother. Mm-hmm. I think of Martin Luther King. And um, and that's precious, Lord. I knew you were going to say that. And we're we're going to end the show with that song in its entirety. But we're going to listen first to the medley of "You've Got a Friend" and "Precious Lord." When you're down in trouble, you. Some love and care
So what did you say the sisters do in church when they hear a song like that? <laughs> can't help but rock. You can't yeah. help but rock. And moan. <laughs> rock and moan. Rock and moan. That was wow. the rendition that changed that song because before that it was Mahalia Jackson's rendition that Aretha did sing. Yes. They called it uh, Precious Lord Part One. Yes. But when she, uh, I'll just say the, the new, this was the new that turned that song around where choirs, I taught that version. <laughs> and I can only guess Kirk Franklin took Aretha Franklin's lead in mixing the secular and the gospel. Yes. She did it first and she did it best. Yes, she did. Yes, yes, yes she did. Absolutely, oh, absolutely. Yes. Oh, you know, yes. I want to end with the full Precious Lord Part One. Yes. And we only have a couple of minutes, but I want to mention two pivotal performances that we already mentioned one, the um, uh, the classical tune that she uh, stood in for Luciano Pavarotti. Yes. Um, that was amazing. But President Barack Obama's nine, uh, 2009 inauguration yes. when she sang My Country Tis of Thee while wearing a hat that was so spectacular mm -hmm. it is now in the Smithsonian. <sighs> amazing. <laughs> that, yes, yes. The other was Kennedy Center honors on t uh, December 6, 2015. She sang a rendition of her own anthem of rebirth, You Make Me Feel Like a Natural Woman, yes. in tribute to the writer Carol King, who was being honored with the Kennedy Center honor um, of lifetime achievement, along with Rita Moreno and uh, Cicely Ty Tyson. Amazing. But that Ooh. woman strutted in there with her purse and her full length fur coat. And she put her purse next to her on the piano. I've never seen anyone walk in during a performance with their purse, but I guess she didn't trust the people in the green room. I don't know, but I digress. <laughs> Classy woman. <laughs> but Classy. she she put her handbook, uh, her pocketbook on the side, and she started playing, and then she stood up and sang, and all of a sudden, that fur came off. Dropped she flung, fur. and the crowd went wild Crazy. so I, I at the end of the show I will actually post to the website those performances along with uh, this show in its full entirety wow I have a lot of facts, so if anyone ever wants to call, I have a ton of facts about Aretha. One thing I don't know if anyone ever knew, she had a four-range voice. Oh, I didn't know. Four-octave? Four-octave range voice. Wow. Amazing. Wow. Now, you know, of course, but I'd say for her... Good run of years. Yes. That voice. And you can hear it. You can yes. hear her exercising all of those. Yes, absolutely. Ranges. Letty, we are out of time, as I mentioned. But, thank uh, you, Lorna, for having me. Thank you for being a great <laughs> musician and great. I'm not even calling you a guest. You're a co-host tonight. <laughs> you are you. definitely a co-host. Um, thank you for your musical selections. Um, thank you so very much. Man. Um, wonderful show, wonderful tribute. Uh, wherever it's being heard, I'm pretty sure that there's a lot of listeners who appreciate it. 
Absolutely. Uh, before we end, I just would again like to thank you for being my co-host tonight and thank you to jessica eden our engineer and thank you to the listener for tuning in we're going to um end with precious lord take my hand (laughs) and i'm sure he has taken hers tonight oh yeah rest in peace aretha rest in peace aretha franklin Precious Lord Take my